The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break in. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this beautiful Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can stop by the range at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, right across from DPNL, or you can give us a call at 937-293-3914, and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any of your firearms-related needs or interests. If you're um, interested in talking to us here at the studio today, call us here at 457-1290 and we'll get you in the queue and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any concerns or issues that you might have. I want to start off today's uh, show with um, issuing uh, heartfelt condolences and uh, just uh, in reference to the devastating um, 49 uh, uh, casualty, mass casualty shooting in uh, New Zealand uh, yesterday. Um, Yet another example of when uh, somebody is uh, ideologically uh, predisposed to to do evil, they'll find a way to get it done. And in this particular case, it appears they went to multiple locations in a well-planned and carried out uh, um, situation where they wanted to uh, inflict mass casualties. Uh, I understand there's 49 dead and many more uh, seriously injured. Very tragic incident. I wanted to um, just mention that... uh, when things like this happen, naturally, it's it's really too early to get all the details. But as Mark and I discussed when we were uh, talking right here before the show, already there are people out there who are making um, inaccurate comments in reference to the motivation of the individual, uh, the individual's background. And uh, it's misleading. And in some cases, I think it's purposeful. Um, the simple fact is we don't know for sure what the individual's motivation is. I understand there were some social media rants that have been uncovered, which have uh, kind of given an idea where he's coming from. Mark, you have some yeah, there was, details. In fact, there, there was some things that he uh, posted that have uh, been since taken down. Uh, he live streamed portions of the uh, of, of the tragedy of the of his evil actions, and uh, as many times as those have been found and and tried to be put back up, they're taking them down, which I think is the right thing to do. Absolutely, uh, that is you know that is something that we don't. I mean, there there are is there training value in some of that for special circumstances? Absolutely true, but for uh, the general use and especially for the possibility that children might come across it on a website like Facebook, for example, which is where it was live streamed. Uh, that that is a that is something that they've that they they're I think they are probably remiss in some of the automated screens that they could have up to track some of this stuff and to make sure that it doesn't get put up in the first place. But in a case like this where you've got no warning, uh, apparently there was there was no heads up. There was uh, very little information that was known in advance. And uh, although he had um, been identified as someone who had some extreme views, the fact that those would lead to violence was not something that had had apparently, as far as we can tell, uh, had been identified by anyone. And that's and that's one of the real problems, because if uh, some, you know, all of these so-called red flag laws where somebody has identified or made in their positions known about something, and then to therefore say that's that bothers me, and therefore I think this person should not ha- be allowed to have any firearms, and then to give the power of the law to go in and confiscate those firearms simply because somebody else thought there may be a problem. I have a, I have a problem yeah. with that. We're concept. we're struggling with that whole issue here in the United States. All around the country, there have been propositions, including here in Ohio, right. to implement uh, red red flag laws. Here in Ohio, it was not implemented. However, in Florida, 
there's versions that have uh, been passed by the legislature and imposed on the on the people. And, there, and there's lots of room for uh, gross abuses, as we mentioned. I want to just talk about some of the other issues here. New Zealand, like um, United States, um, they have more restrictive, much more restrictive laws than here in the United States. However, there are many people who own many guns in New Zealand. So They're far less like England and Australia, for example. Right. They're exactly. much more like us. Exactly. Much more like us. I, I saw the numbers here where the total number of kill, those killed, the 49 killed in this particular incident, is more than they typically have in an entire year. Yeah. So it's not usual for people to be involved in homicidal uh, crime, be victims of homicidal crime. And this was a a, a terrible act by an individual who obviously has some serious things going on. But um, uh, we 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 can continuously talk about, and, and and this is yet another case where when a person wants to do something bad, they will find a way to do it, and there aren't going to be a whole lot of ways we can stop it. Now I know the prime minister early on within the last 24 hours has come out and said, we will do something about this gun problem in our country. Well, I, I mean, that's that's what uh, the Democrats are trying to do right now in, in the United States. They're talking about mass shootings in the United States, which we've, we've mentioned to you, just to give you kind of clarity in numbers. Um, the total number killed in mass shootings is less than 1,000 over the last 50 years. Now, when we talk about mass shootings, we're not talking about cases where more than one person is killed on a situation because there are certain certain gang-related situations where two gangs come together and they engage in a shootout, maybe five or six are killed at the same time or two or three. Those aren't the types of situations we're talking about. The situations I'm referring to in this country is where a, a gunman or a, a couple of gunmen walk into a place, a target-rich environment, and they just begin to indiscriminately kill a bunch of people uh, uh, with no motivation, no reason whatsoever, certainly no justification. And with the express purpose of killing as many people and harm, causing as much harm as they possibly can, and in this case even having IEDs, which were diffused, but that, right. that kind, you know, the fact that it was just something to try to increase the carnage. We had that happen here well, all the way back in the, the late 90s at the Columbine incident. Luckily, several of those uh, IEDs did not go off. There would have been a whole lot more people killed. But the point here is you've got situations where you, in the United States, you look at mass casualties. And I don't mean to minimize the impact because, my goodness, it's, it's horrific. It's devastating. But when you look at less than 1,000 total people killed and you've got tens of millions of people owning tens of millions of guns, when you look at the total rate, the guns aren't the problem. It's the act of a select few crazy individuals that have a, an ideology or a motivation that is, is sick and demented that we have to look at. And it's going to be hard, and I don't know that we're ever going to totally solve that, but we're taking many corrective steps to try to minimize situations like that. Now let's uh, go to New Zealand yesterday. Same sort of situation, a relatively tranquil um, country. When you consider, I don't know what the size of New Zealand is relative to a state here in the United States, but the bottom line is they've got millions of people. And um, when you look at uh, hundreds of thousands of them owning guns and there being hundreds of thousands of guns out there in this one incident, I don't think should provoke um, a, a reaction that we're going to head and start taking guns away from people. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, there's a movement na- worldwide, mm-hmm. worldwide, and it has trickled into the United States at an alarming um, rate over the last several years, um, uh, certainly in the last year or two, where people are real, real happy um, making proposals that will result in the confiscation of firearms. And um, it's, it's alive and well in this country. We're already in the midst of a, a controversy relative to bump stocks. We've got several states that have taken uh, steps to uh, minimize uh, the sale of certain types of, uh, of guns. They've uh, uh, eliminated the sale of magazines, or sale and or possession of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. Uh, so they're doing a whole lot of things that are uh, kind of with this world movement to curtail guns. But as Mark and I have said, this is not about gun control. This is about people control. This is in addition to all the other things. And and I say it so many times, I can't believe that in 2019, I'd be sitting here in Dayton, Ohio, talking about a significant number of our legislators who are advocating socialistic slash communistic type ideologies in our own uh, federal government. And um, the, 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 the resulting um, uh, impact on our, on our country, when you have things going on around the world like what's going on in France and what's going on in Venezuela, where 
failures of those sorts of systems are very obvious. Um, we could go on and on and on, and, and, and we can just – but when you look at the total picture, Mark, it, it's a frightening kind of outlook right now. It is, it is, and especially if you watch what's happening currently in the House of Representatives, I think to some extent there has been a lack of backbone on the part of gun owners and people who actually understand and recognize the value of the Second Amendment because what they're instead doing is rolling over to the political pressure of – the leadership and saying we're going to go ahead and vote for these things. And I think they believe the safety valve is the fact that the Senate won't pass any of them. So they're tell they're showing either their true colors or their lack of backbone, one or the other, in in maybe both. Uh, and then then they're saying, well we're going to we know this isn't going to pass, so we'll go ahead and vote for it, but it'll never make it through the Senate. And it probably won't make it through the Senate. And if it did make it through the Senate, it would probably get vetoed. Although President Trump has said some things that give me some pause about certain aspects. He's by no means uh, an absolutist on the Second Amendment. He does not believe in a universal right to keep and bear arms in, uh, in any of the same way that, for example, you and I would or most of our listeners recognize. Now, is there a wide range of people in terms of the pro-gun community and what they think would be reasonable restrictions? Yeah, there absolutely is. And we could have plenty of, of lively discussions about those. And in fact, we encourage our callers uh, who to call in if if you disagree with us. And we've had some who do. And and we're great with that as long as you can bring facts, as long as you well, can bring stats. That's the key, Mark. We have we have a tremendous unwillingness on the part of the anti-gun community to engage in in um, a productive disagreement, right? Productive discussion. There's no question, and we we will open our mics to anybody who wants to call in and talk about certain things and and provide documentation as opposed to just relying on emotion, like the emotion following tragic events that occur in the United States or around the country, to talk about gun control and to hide behind people control by throwing out there that they want to somehow do away with guns so they're going to kind of prevent or minimize violence. Let's go ahead and take our first break for the hour and encourage people that if you'd like to join this conversation, please give us a call at 457-1290, and we'll get you up on the board and get your views on the air as well. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Stock market instability, volatility, and losing money is a big concern, but it doesn't have to be. With a structured retirement plan, you can protect your money and forward your financial progress toward retirement. You don't have to risk your future riding the stock market roller coaster. Call the Miami Valley's retirement resource and author of Income Allocation, David Gaylor at Tradewinds Financial Group, 800 385 That's 800-385-0437. And tune in Saturdays at 3 for your game plan for retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Dollar Shave Club. Dollar, we bought this moderately priced radio ad to tell you we're way more than just a shave club. Dollar, that's right. We also make top shelf shower, oral care, deodorant, cologne, skin care, and more club. Right now, get one of our shave, shower, or oral care starter sets for just 5 bucks. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular price. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton today. That's right. That's the name of your city after our web address, dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton. Why Greater Dayton Surgery Center? I would recommend Greater Dayton uh, Surgery Center because I didn't have to stay there for two or three days. I was able to go home right after surgery, and that was very important to me. Five months after the knee replacement, I was able to play in a tennis tournament, and I wanted. Greater Dayton Surgery Center is Dayton's only outpatient surgical center offering same-day joint replacement and spinal surgical procedures. Call 937-535-2200 or visit DaytonSurgeryCenter.com. All right, so I've been telling you about MyPillow. It helps me fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Well, my friends at MyPillow have done it again with their mattress topper. Now, you need to get this because it will literally change your life in a positive way forever. Now, it's Mike Lindell's exclusive three-layer design. It includes MyPillow foam for support, transitional foam to help relieve pressure points, and ultra-soft patented temperature-regulating cover. I now sleep better and better and better every night. 
It also has a 10-year warranty, and it's a cover that's washable and dryable, made in the USA, and, of course, backed by Michael Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. And right now, you can save 30% when you go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Hannity, or mention my name when you call 800-919-6090. And by the way, Mike will give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. Call now, 800-919-6090, MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. Mostly sunny skies out there today, breezy with a high temperature lifting to 42 degrees. We're staying clear throughout the overnight hours. Those winds calming down this evening as well, 26 degrees for the low temperature. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us this uh, bright and sunny Saturday afternoon. Let's jump out to the phones and talk to Ed, who's calling from Midway. Ed, thank you for calling. What can we? Uh, how would you like to contribute today? Well, I want to talk about the Senate Bill 7, which I understand is an asset for forfeiture of all our guns without going through the judicial process. And I understand that uh, Lindsey was in, pro- in favor of it and the GOP is in favor of it. And so is the president. And I, I, are those all false rumors or what? Do you What's have any more on? details? I'm not actually uh, up on that one yet. Are you talking about um, U.S. Senate Bill 7? Right. Um, by um, um, Lindsay and others. Senator Lindsay. Well, but you're, who, you're basically... Do you know who introduced it? No. All right. Um, well, I'll, I'll do some research between now yeah. and when we come back from the news break and find okay. out a little bit more about what yeah. that bill is. Yeah. I, I'm always afraid of that asset forfeiture law anyhow, and this makes it even worse. So whatever you can find out, just, just I'll, I'll be listening on the radio. Well, okay, thanks then, for bringing it to our attention, much. and yeah. we'll be more than glad to look at that on the on the break and uh, report back what we find. Mark, is there somebody else holding? Okay, I want to just talk a little bit on a, a more favorable note. We were talking earlier about the tragic incident in New Zealand, but the, the Kentucky Governor Gavin signed into um, law the constitutional carry provision down in Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky now joins 16 other states uh, around the country. The only one in this immediate region is West Virginia that has constitutional carry. And I'm going to have Mark uh, just talk about a, uh, a difference between what is cons- what is uh, initially perceived to what constitutional carry means versus what it is what it really in, is. in reality. Yeah. And But first of all, I just wanted to mention that um, uh, the governor also mentioned that he still advocates that uh, Kentucky... Uh, residents obtain their concealed handgun license because then they'll be able to participate in reciprocity uh, with other states, as is the case here in the state of Ohio. So um, they passed constitutional carry uh, into law. Not sure exactly when it goes into that into effect, but that is uh, um, in Kentucky. But it's a, a step in the right direction. And I'm going to have Mark talk to our listeners about even uh, many people, they think constitutional carry is something other than it is. Yeah, well, w- what often it refers to, it just means that it removes restrictions on concealed carry. Uh, it may sometimes include a provision for um, uh, removing a duty to retreat, which is sometimes called stand your ground provision. But it basically means that if you are the victim of an attack uh, that would reasonably be expected to result in your death or serious bodily harm, that you are allowed to use deadly force to defend yourself without first having to run away. That's, that, that is something that I think most people, when they understand what we're talking about, the, the fact that you should be legally required to run away before you can defend yourself if you are a victim of an attack, is uh, num- number one, it's almost impossible for someone else to judge. You're the only one who's going to know who's going to be there. Um, but, you know, those those kinds of provisions typically are associated with anyone in the use of deadly force, whether you're legally allowed to carry with or without a permit or a license. And typically what people refer to as constitutional carry means that you, you are legally allowed to carry a firearm in any way that you choose in any place that you're legally allowed to be. Um that is a little bit different from what I would call constitutional carry, which really says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that also includes um, anything that says that there can be anything that is the equivalent of 
you are arrested for a charge of existence while armed. If you are someplace where you're legally allowed to be and it's illegal for you to be there only because you're carrying a firearm and there's any place where that can happen, then you don't have constitutional carry, in my opinion. So uh, that's a term that a lot of people have used. Um, I think that if you have committed a crime and you're no longer in jail, that you've paid your debt to society, that you should not be prohibited from purchasing or owning a firearm. And the way the laws are written now, that's absolutely the situation that exists. So people who have committed a crime that society has deemed is too serious or gives you the potential of being too dangerous, we then prohibit you from possessing a firearm. And my answer to that is then if they're that dangerous, they should be in restriction. They should be in jail. They should not be out in, in, uh, in, in, out and among society. That's the way I personally believe. That's not the way the law is written. So don't anybody, you know, come in and say, well, you know, well, we heard on shooting from the hip that if, that if, you know, it doesn't matter what happened before, after you're well, out of jail, you're and okay. And let's make this very clear. This is the state of Kentucky, not the state of Ohio Correct. that Absolutely I'm talking true. about. I brought it up because there are neighbors to the South. Um, we, we have common interests. Um, I think the most important, uh, I guess, concept to understand is in, in Kentucky, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you don't have to go through a concealed handgun class in order to be able to carry and ultimately use a gun to defend yourself, whereas in our state, you obviously have to go through the class unless you're issued a temporary um, waiver Emergency, to where you don't yeah. have to take take the class. But in Kentucky, they recognize the fact that as long as you're a law-abiding citizen in the state of Kentucky, you can carry a gun to defend yourself and use the gun to defend yourself if that situation And that's just as a result of this bill that was passed. But before that, um, Kentucky did require for concealed carry that you have a license, and they also required training. There was a training class that went associated with that. Unlike our neighbors to the east and west, Indiana and Pennsylvania, you do not have to have any training in order to get a license. You still have to have a license. In Indiana, you can even get a lifetime license. Um, you do have to go through the background check, and there's often an interview with the sheriff, and that could constitute training, but it's not a formal training process where uh, any of the... And, and frankly, I think one of the things that we need to look at is, so when you have a situation where you have Ohio and Kentucky that did have training requirements and Indiana and Pennsylvania that do not have a training requirement, is there any statistically significant difference between how law-abiding people handle firearms? And the answer is none that I'm aware of. Well, and I also, um, when you look at um, situations in those states, in uh in Indiana, you have uh, Gary, Indiana, and Indianapolis, heavy crime-laden uh, cities. In in Pennsylvania, you have um, uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, much more dangerous than Pittsburgh, but nonetheless very dangerous. And down in Kentucky, you have Lexington and Louisville, both of which are um, not as, probably not as prominent as the other cities I mentioned, but uh, you've got places where there's crime, similarities in demographics, um, uh, Kentuckians and, and people who live in Indiana and people who live in, in, in Pennsylvania, there are, are very similar demographics. And the, the politics are a little bit different uh, from state to state, but uh, they've come up with this uh, provision in Kentucky that it's no longer required that you complete the training class and get a license in order for you to carry concealed. Um, I think that's where we're headed eventually in the state of Ohio and probably around the country, across the country. It's just that uh, we've got to convince some people to just come to their senses and realize that uh, law-abiding citizens do lawful things and that uh, by allowing law-abiding citizens to uh, carry guns, we're in good shape. Okay, we're going to head into the newsroom. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm Dave Daniels with a WHIO news update. Our top story, the president breaks out his veto pen for the first time Friday. Plenty of sunshine today, but we're tracking snow for St. Patrick's Day. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. 
Now WHIO triple team traffic still cleaning up an accident. Wolf Road at Turner Road in Harrison Township. And we've got one in the 2000 block of Route 725 in Miami Township this hour. Our top story, the president breaking out his veto pen for the first time Friday. And it doesn't look like Congress will have the two-thirds majority needed to override it. But that won't stop Democrats from trying. Next up, the emergency declaration goes back to the House, where they likely won't have enough votes to override the president's veto, though it will continue to split Republicans, a potential problem heading into 2020. Jillian Turner says that override vote is scheduled for March 26th. DPNL reporting that almost 10,000 customers are still without power in Clinton County. The outages are mainly centered in and around Wilmington. No word yet on the cause but crews are working to restore power as quickly as possible. Survivors of Friday's terror attack at a pair of mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, speaking publicly about their ordeal Saturday. Abdul Aziz says he tried to chase the gunman, but he believes a higher power prevented more people from being killed or injured. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't me. It was God save everybody, you know. God save everyone, you know. But I'm very glad, you know, no, we didn't have much dead or injured as much as they had in Al-Nurmaz yet. Aziz referring there to the other mosque where 41 people were killed. 49 people in total died and 40 more were injured in the attack. New details are emerging in New York City's first mob hit in over 30 years. Surveillance video shows a man in a blue pickup truck driving in reverse, hitting Francesco Frankie Boy Cali's parked Cadillac Escalade hard in front of his home Wednesday evening in Staten Island. The Gambino crime boss talks to his killer, even shakes hands. The other man hands Callie the license plate from his Cadillac. As Callie puts the license plate into the vehicle, his back turned. The man opens fire with a 9mm weapon, firing 12 shots, hitting Callie six times. And Carrick says cops are looking at 72-year-old Gene Gotti, the brother of the late dapper Don John Gotti, as a suspect. Gene Gotti was released from prison last September after doing 29 years for heroin trafficking. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. A chilly day overall, mostly sunny skies and breezy. As a high temperature reaches 42 degrees, we're calming down into the evening and overnight hours. Clear with a low dropping down to 26. Clouding up as we go into Sunday, starting off with a chance for snow showers, eventually switching to rain showers as high temperatures approach 43 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is clear. Mostly sunny skies around the Miami Valley this hour. It's 39 degrees in Huber Heights, 38 in Springfield, and 41 degrees now in Dayton at 233. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 256 if you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-256-3024 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-256-3024 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-256-3024. Find new roads to savings at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. The intersection of Routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg is the place you'll find dependable transportation. Great deals, no doubt, every day. For a young family member driving to and from school, for a person who spends a lot of time working on the road, or a parent who doubles as a shuttle service, you'll always find a great deal at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. Come see us and discover our big city selection of trucks, cars, vans, and SUVs. Dave Kale specializes in hard-to-find trucks. Think spring. Think comfortable driving. Dave says you'll always get a warm reception at his dealership. We urge you to take the easy country drive where you'll find no hassles, minimum time at the dealership, 
plus our great selection of GM-certified used vehicles. Find new roads to Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks, routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg. Visit their website, DaveKehlChevrolet.com. Call 1-800-886-1000 to get started. For over 30 years, the place to save is Dave Kale Chevrolet. Anyone who tells you you're too late to invest in cryptocurrencies has no idea what's about to happen next. I'm Tika Tawari, a former hedge fund manager, and I worked on Wall Street since the 1980s through the dot-com boom, the housing boom, the gold boom. Cryptocurrencies are the most compelling opportunity I've seen in 30 years. The only one where you can start with just $100 and change your life. So I've teamed up to create a short course on crypto investing to help you learn, prepare, and profit. It shows you everything from what cryptocurrencies are, how they work, how to buy them, and what to buy. Even if you think the crypto bubble has burst, or you're too late, or too old, or technologically challenged, you must see this education course now. Go to RadioCryptoClass.com. That's RadioCryptoClass.com. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. And if you want to get in on today's show, please call us here at the studio at 457-1290. Let's go right out to the phone and talk to Gary in Dayton, who has a question for us. Gary, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. You and that gentleman you got there with you. I am I'm kind of curious about what he is saying. It's all confusing to me. Are you still there? I don't know if I lost you. Oh, oh no, you're, you're yep, you're fine. No, okay. Here's the thing. He is right. He is right. They should pick up the guns. Yeah, do that. And this is why. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Who who is they that needs to pick up the guns? Well, whoever it's been on the internet. They're, they're wanting to pick up the guns in the near future and, and take them away from you. It doesn't matter if you're clean or not clean. I've been reading it. But here's the thing. You are right. They are dangerous people out here. Okay. We got child molesters. People like to hold knives up to people's necks. And let's say that. Okay. This is what this gets confusing to me. Here you got a penitentiary. One half that goes in there is mostly violent people, okay? But they wouldn't be there. Guns, holding up banks, shooting people. They go to prison for that. Now, here you got a guy goes into prison for receiving stolen items because he knew better. Uh, let's say he's, he stole something, really didn't mount to nothing, but he stole it. Then he goes into prison for that. That is not a, a violent case that I see. Now, what they're telling me is, they're telling me you still was convicted of a crime. Of a felony. Well, yeah, of a felony. So where does it split from what I heard you say about the dangerous people should not have guns, they've been in prison because of guns, being violent, then you got the people like myself that have been in prison that have never had a violent crime. Right, right. All right. Well, Gary, Gary, now, let me let me interject right here and just offer some insight into this. And thank you for calling the show. I want to mention that um, in Ohio law, there's a provision of law that says people who are under disability shall not possess or handle firearms. Now, when they say disability, they're referring specifically to certain criminal. Um, convictions in their background or certain other conditions like a court-ordered mental uh, or a court-administered um, mental incapacitation ruling where a court says that you're mentally incapable of doing a whole lot of things responsibly and, and gun ownership is is one of them. Now, the, as Mark says, the Constitution, the Second Amendment of the Constitution doesn't add any provision. It just says the right shall not be abridged, period. Um, the state of Ohio has injected, as are have states around the country, other provisions that say if certain circumstances exist, then you can't own guns. And so has federal law. Uh, federal law has also added those provisions. And um, and as Gary was talking about, there doesn't 
there's no differentiation between what is the nature of the felony in federal law. So if you're a prohibited person from the, because you have a felony on your record that has not been expunged and your right to cape and bear arms hasn't been returned to you, uh, that those, those rights haven't been restored, then even someone like Gary, if it was if it was classed and deemed as a felony, then he would not be able to carry a firearm. He would not be able to own a firearm simply because of even if it was a nonviolent crime. Now, in Ohio, the the question about certain nonviolent felonies are no longer an exclusion for getting a concealed handgun license, but that may or may not change your disability from a from a national standpoint. Well, I'm going to make an assumption here that Gary's of the age now where having a firearm might be to his advantage if he were in if a potential victim of a criminal act and um, he would be able to use the gun to defend his life or someone else's life. Now, age is irrelevant, obviously. I'm just using this specific, this specific example. Whereas, But because of his past conviction, he's prohibited from owning and potentially using a gun. However, let me, let me just mention two things. There have been cases where individuals who have been under disability have used guns to save their life or other person's lives, and that has just been brought up as a factor in the total um, investigation of the crime, but there were no criminal charges because they looked at the totality of the circumstances and said it was basically a, a righteous thing that the individual who was uh, under disability that that individual did to save his life or someone else's life by acquiring a firearm and using it uh, in that capacity. Um, the other thing is this is a classic, exaria, a classic example, Mark, of where I think we can have hearty debate on both sides because there are arguments on both sides. There are people who say, well, if you're convicted of felonies, you shouldn't own them, and they give their reasons. There mm-hmm. are people like us who say, you know, the Second Amendment really doesn't have those um, uh, provisions There's attached no to it, and we could have a hearty discussion. The problem is people don't want to discuss issues. They just want to make a statement, rely on an emotional response to the statement, and then end it right there. Yeah, I think, and I, and that's unfortunate because it has that, that kind of um, combative approach to discussions instead of actually having a, a discourse has degraded not only the national discussion as you see it uh, in the media, as you see on the floor of uh, Congress, but also uh, between people often that has it has degraded and has made it impossible for people to have that kind of discussion. That's one of the reasons why we keep these phone lines open to people who don't agree with us. Yeah, and as a law enforcement officer early on in my career and well into probably the, almost to the point where I retired, I had a different stance on that issue relative to where I do now. And most of it, number one, being exposed to Mark, who's a wealth of knowledge and has been <laughs> able to talk me into some very logical, um, uh, well thought through It's uh, only t- taken about 10 years. But it's still, it I, I shows that some people can change. It just takes them a little longer. But more important than that, I have two nephews who were convicted of crime, uh, felonies when they were young and stupid. Um, one was an assault and the other was a... Um, he was charged with robbery, but it was um, threats. And, and, but nonetheless, it was, they were both bad things. But here they are, responsible adults. 20 years later, I can't even take them to the farm and go trap shooting with them. I can't take them to my range and let them enjoy sports shooting. And, to, and they cannot own a gun to protect themselves in the event that they were subjected to a deadly force situation. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I was going with having that prohibition be permanent. And the way the law is written now, once you've stepped over whatever that line happens to be, there's no way to step back other than to have that removed from your record. And sometimes that's not possible, depending on the nature of where you are and the, and the nature of the crime and how many. And for example, in Ohio, you can only have one felony expunged, period. So if you were young and dumb and did a couple of things and got charged, that only one of those can go away. And if the other one is still on your record, there's no way in Ohio for that to be off your record. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, on the break, Mark, there was a, a, a radio broadcast about a situation in New York where one of the Gotti either John Gotti's son or a family member got out of prison after doing 29 years for heroin traffic trafficking. He's the suspect in the murder of a crime boss in New York. Now, another tragic incident, but uh, the point I wanted to make was there's an individual who served 29 years, had a felony, came out, acquired a gun. We've been talking about this all, all along. When somebody wants to get a gun, they can get a gun. He got a gun within you know, a short period of time after being released and committed a crime that is probably going to result in him going to jail for the rest of his life. 
He got the gun, though. So, you know, there's arguments on all the gun-related issues. Um, do laws stop people from getting guns? We know no. No, Do criminals not. obey laws? Absolutely not. There's a classic That's example. a definition. Yeah, in fact, that's the definition of criminal. Um, and, oh, let's go back to the before the first break when we were talking with Ed about um, Senate Bill 8. And I've looked for and did not find um, I, the, the best, the closest I can find. There was a, There is a Senate um, 8 which talks about how many people the— He, he said Senate Bill 7, Mark. Seven? Seven, yeah. Well, then no wonder I'm not finding yeah, it, so I guess yeah. I'm going to have to look again. Yeah, we'll look again. Yeah. All right. But um, the, there is a Senate Joint Resolution 8, which is something people should be yeah. concerned about, which is the uh, the Green New Deal, and and that may get in vote in front of the Senate. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, there's something coming up with that. But we'll, we'll, we'll check up on the Senate Bill 7 because uh, it's not something that came across our typical uh, sources of information that we draw from. But we'll, we'll definitely check into that. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention before we go to our last break of the hour was uh, there are several um, Congress people who are advocating that uh, um, the current administration or aspects of the administration continue to put pressure on banks to utilize what was has already been deemed to be inappropriate oper- operation checkpoint lending practices, whereby... Um, lending institutions are by policy uh, or just by practice failing to give money and to process credit card transactions for people involved in the firearms industry. Yeah, that and that and in fact, the um, state of New York has made it a mission to um, tell that with the the kind of budget that they have to tell banks and credit card processing that they will not do business with them if they do business with the NRA, especially, or any any gun-related yeah. uh, business. And, and I believe there was a, uh, a appellate judge somewhere in the Northeast that uh, upheld a ruling that certain um, institutions can, in fact, engage in those um, discriminatory lending practices, and that case is going to probably proceed all the way to the Supreme Court. All right. Let, let, let's just talk briefly about Senate 7, which is, um, I'm pretty sure, the one that was talking about. And it's to provide family members an individual who they fear is in danger to himself, him, himself, herself, or others, or law enforcement with tools to, quote, prevent gun violence. And basically what it is is that they could confiscate those firearms. We've talked about this. This is the red flag kind of uh, situation. We've talked about this in the past. We do not believe that those are uh, either appropriate, uh, that they are an unlawful taking. They do not allow the uh, gun owner to go through due process. They just say, um, because somebody has said, we think you're dangerous, we can take your guns. And then you have to file to get them back. After you've proven yourself not to be dangerous, and, and that's proven. And the negative. problem with that, I right now have a member who's going through a violent family, or not violent, but a very tumultuous family um, separation of assets after the death of a, 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 um, oh, a, a husband or a father or mother. And one of the people who's not the gun owner could make a claim against uh, one of the individuals here. And since there's no due process, depending on how the enforcement agency handles it, that could result in the confiscation and permanent. Um, keeping of those firearms because in some of these cases there's no provision for the lawful return unless certain processes happen and that many times that relies on the person who had the guns taken from them to initiate the process and that's wrong and it's and it's expensive and in some states they don't have a provision for returning firearms because they're immediately destroyed and and i think all of those fall in the category of bad idea Um, i would like to think that it's not going to get through uh, but there, are, unfortunately, uh, there are some people who are supporting this who should know better. And so this is one of those situations where it's important that you contact your state representative and both state senators and let them know what you think about this. All right, we're going to take our last break for the hour. If you'd like to get in on the last few minutes of the show, give us a call at 457-1290 and we'll get you up on the board. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro. For Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Get the new thriller novel that's a must-read. Pick up The Persian Gamble. The Persian Gamble by New York Times best-selling author Joel C. Rosenberg launches you inside a spine-tingling nuclear alliance between Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Rosenberg's Persian Gamble novel reveals a chilling depiction of a powerful geopolitical deal that could change America as we know it. The Persian Gamble by Joel C. Rosenberg. Available wherever books are sold. For Rush listeners, join Joel's newsletter at RushToJoel.com. This spring, do something amazing. Explore the last frontier at your own pace and discover all that Alaska has to offer in an RV rented from ABC Motorhome Rentals. Call 1-800-421-7456 now and receive a 50% discount on a motorhome rental. Feast your eyes on majestic mountain ranges. Walk on prehistoric glaciers. With an RV from ABC Motorhome Rentals, Alaska is yours to discover. Call 1-800-421-7456. ABC Motorhome Rentals, your home away from home. Dutch Boy's new Platinum Plus paint with Stain Shield technology has the performance you expect from a luxury paint at a price you didn't. Platinum Plus is up to 50% more washable and stain resistant than a leading premium paint in satin sheen. Superiority ranges from 24 to 50% depending on sheen selected. Platinum Plus keeps your walls looking new longer. Menards and Dutch Boy Paint have you covered. Go ahead, live your life. Hi, this is Teresa with Brookhaven Retirement Community. This year, Brookhaven is proud to be celebrating 40 years of being locally owned and operated. We offer everything right here on one campus independent living, cottages and apartments, assisted living, rehabilitation, and nursing. Visit us today at brookhavenoh.org. Brookhaven Retirement Community. Expect to be impressed. Dollar Shave Club. Dollar, we bought this moderately priced radio ad to tell you we're way more than just a shave club. Dollar, that's right. We also make top shelf shower, oral care, deodorant, cologne, skin care, and more club. Right now, get one of our shave, shower, or oral care starter sets for just 5 bucks. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton today. That's right. That's the name of your city after our web address, dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton. Need to remodel or refinance your home? Open a home equity line of credit with Abbey Credit Union. Interest as low as prime plus 0%. Visit us in Vandalia and Troy or at abbeycu.com. University of Dayton attracts some of the best talent in the country. At Elk and Elk, we take great pride in our legal talent. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO, where our depth is your strength and every client's trust is earned. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Dayton Flyers. Go Flyers! Chilly day overall, mostly sunny skies and breezy. As a high temperature reaches 42 degrees, we're calming down into the evening and overnight hours. Clear with a low dropping down to 26. Clouding up as we go into Sunday, starting off with a chance for snow showers, eventually switching to rain showers as high temperatures approach 43 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. And right before the break, we were talking about Mark did find uh, Senate Bill 7, which uh, deals with uh, the, the, the concept of red flag confiscation of firearms for individuals that are deemed to be a, a potential threat to themselves or others. And I just want to close. We're going to stay on top of that because it's just been proposed. We don't think there's been any action taking on it. We do find it a little bit uh, concerning that uh, uh, Senator Rubio was one of the four uh, he main was sponsors the, he of the was bill. He was the person who introduced it? Yeah, and um, we, we've talked many times about the lack of due process in situations. Now, this particular bill has an, a provision of due process that seems to be inherent in the language whereby um, the decision would have to initially be made by a judge. However, that doesn't mean that there'll be the other people, the other side, the, the person who's going to have the guns confiscated would necessarily have the opportunity to be there to make the argument um, uh, against the confiscation. The, the, the police would just simply like they do now, they would probably go before a judge when we get a warrant to search or arrest an individual. We would present the facts, the warrant would be issued, and then we'd be able to go out and confiscate the guns, and then the individual would be responsible for um, uh, getting an attorney and, and fighting to uh, prove that the facts alleged are, are not accurate, 
through a, a series of hearings, undoubtedly, and then probably spend a lot of money in order to ultimately get his uh, legally possessed guns back. All right, let's jump back out to the phones and talk with Pete, who's calling from St. Paris. Pete, welcome to the show. Hello. Are you still there? Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Yeah, this is Pete. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I've uh, been listening to your discussion about uh, concealed carry and constitutional carry, and I'm just wondering how the open carry picture fits into that discussion. I thought in Ohio that you could do open carry even without a concealed carry permit. Yes, that's absolutely correct, except uh, not in a motor vehicle. So if you're, I mean, if you wanted to carry loaded in a motor vehicle, uh, you must have a concealed handgun license regardless of whether the handgun is open or concealed. But be, oh, but okay. but in Ohio, you're right. Uh, the the right to keep and bear arms was uh, was actually supported in a in a case that went before the Supreme Court, Ohio Supreme Court, and they ruled that if you are going to have codified a right to keep and bear arms and you prohibit concealed carry, then you must allow open carry. And uh, there's a separate provision for inside a motor vehicle. But uh, if you wanted to walk around with a gun on your hip and you don't have a concealed handgun license, as long as you're not a prohibited person, and that's the whole other question that we were right. talking about earlier, uh, you are legally allowed to do that. Okay. Uh, that clears that up. I, that's what I was wondering about. It just kind of everything's yeah. a definition, you know, everything's got some kind of a uh, need to be explained or communicated clearly. So sure. thank you very much. Okay. Well, thanks that's, for calling. That's one of the reasons we're here. And one thing I just want to mention, I talk about things that can be debated both sides. I just want to mention something about open carry. Open carry for the standpoint of why would the individual be doing it? If they're, if they're doing it for the sole purpose to show people they have a gun that's a pretty cool gun and they're displaying it, obviously there's some problems. But if their purpose is for <laughs> self-defense, um, then I would say that there's two, two negative outcomes there. Number one is um, you are unnecessarily letting anybody that would potentially be an assailant know that you're the person with the gun and likely need to be the first person they shoot. And secondly, you lose the element of surprise by having it exposed so that anybody that has one um, uh, would obviously focus on you. The, uh, the, the other point I want to mention is you draw unnecessary attention to yourself because like it or not, there are a lot of people out there who see gun, they automatically think you're crazy, you're going to do something stupid, they're going to get on 911, the police are going to be called, they're going to respond, and likely, depending on where you're at, you're going to be ordered down to the ground at gunpoint, your gun's going to be taken from you, you're going to be handcuffed, you're going to be put in the back of a car until the situation is sorted out in 5, 10, 15 minutes later. Now, the officer could, if he wants to, take possession of the gun, put it in the property room. Now, you would have the right to go down and, and retrieve that, and they couldn't do anything to stop you from getting that gun. As a matter of fact, there could be an argument that if they took it from you and put it in the property room without returning it to you at the scene after a reasonable time, that they overstepped their ground. Mm -hmm. But I'm just telling you, in reality, in many cases, an officer might say, well, I'll tell you what, until we can find out all the facts here, we're going to take this gun, we're going to put it in the... Um, of the property room, and you come back down to the police department, and they could be held, I believe, certainly civilly liable. I don't think that there's any criminal provision per se, but there, that is a possibility. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not going to try to argue with you since um, obviously you spent almost 30 years in law enforcement, and those are the kinds of uh, the situations that I would not have any experience with. But on the other hand, um, the way the there was a change to the law that meant that if you if the if the law enforcement officer takes your firearm at a stop that unless they're keeping it as evidence and so there would need to be that there would have to be some sort of crime associated with it there would have to be uh, potential charges there would have the if the firearm is being kept as evidence uh, otherwise then it has to be returned to you at the end of the stop and that doesn't necessarily mean traffic stop right yeah, and I, if, I totally agree with yeah. you. I just know that in certain circumstances, based on jurisdiction, based on officers' knowledge and experience, that very well could happen. And experience, and that's a big thing. It's and, unfortunate. Yeah. And so, you know, and plus, and some of that experience might be just what happened earlier in the shift. So there's a lot of things we don't, and one of the things I typically tell uh, my students in concealed carry class is that you don't know what happened right before that stop. Maybe your car matches the description of someone who just left the bank. Uh, uh, robbery. And so, you know, the, maybe the nature of that stop might be a little different. We're out of time. Thanks for joining us today. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
from our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.